0: May it please the listeners. My name is Rich Schoenstein, and this is Law Brief. We are in a different kind of world than we were when we last spoke to you all, and we're going to uh, carry on with this podcast. We're going to keep focused on the legal issues that come up in our practice all the time, and show you the different kinds of specialties that we cover and uh, get into current issues on those. And that's what we do, and that's what we're gonna keep doing. And this week we're gonna do it with Rachel Lynn from our intellectual property group who is with us today. Hello, Rachel.
1: Hello, Rich.
0: And Rachel is gonna talk to us about the world of patents, but very specifically, about the concept of patenting natural ingredients. Does that mean exactly what it sounds like to me, that somebody might look to take out a patent on something that exists naturally in the world?
1: Absolutely. In this modern day and age, uh, you can imagine that uh, natural ingredients are a big business. There are a lot of companies, a lot of startups a lot of individuals who are interested in marketing and selling products that are sold as organic, all natural, from the earth, no harsh chemicals, certainly in the cosmetics, personal care products, and pharmaceutical industries. And so there is a natural desire to not only sell such goods, but also to sort of capitalize on the market value that they can bring to a business.
0: I assume there's some baseline for that. I assume I can't walk into the United States Patent Office and try to take out a patent on oxygen, by way (laughs) of example, right?
1: You are absolutely correct. Which is too
0: bad, because I thought it would be a big moneymaker, very much in demand.
1: Well, I guess going back to the basics of what you can protect with a patent in most jurisdictions, uh, including the United States, in order to obtain patent protection, the subject matter that you want to protect has to be, among other things, it has to be new, which means that it's never been known or taught before. It also has to be useful, and it has to be what we would call non-obvious, and non-obviousness is a little bit more nebulous of a concept Um, the way i like to describe it is that if you let's say invented a computer and it turned out that someone else had already um, invented all of the elements of that computer then your invention would not be new Um, and so for that reason it wouldn't be patentable however if the previous computer was say painted blue and you painted yours green uh, that's where we would get into this concept of non-obviousness.
0: All right so I get the typical factors for determining if something is patentable just to set our framework what are we talking about when we speak of natural ingredients what what does that include?
1: So natural ingredients include Items such as, uh, here's an example, acai berries, green tea extract, something that comes from a plant deep in the forests of the Amazon and that are then extracted from these plants, animals, uh, minerals, things that come from the earth and are not man-made.
0: I'm assuming most of those don't meet your definition of new.
1: That's correct. Because of course, if something exists in nature, it's been around, it may be have been around for hundreds or thousands of years. And in fact, people may already know of its medicinal or curative properties. So then if you're um, a, a company and you take a leaf, let's say, that's been out in nature, and you discover that it contains some compound that has some amazing pharmaceutical properties, you can't necessarily obtain patent protection on the compound because the compound already exists in nature and is already known. So you would not have really invented it.
0: Right. So you you might find something that's existed in nature for all of eternity, but you're identifying a new purpose. Is that the correct?
1: Idea? Yes. Okay. Yes, and so there's um, a lot of there's been a lot of activity recently, particularly with regard to compounds such as green tea. Um, if you look around your drugstore or you look on the internet, you'll see a lot of compositions that ha- contain green tea, and you'll see maybe personal care products or. Toothpastes or hair care products that contain something like green tea. And the question is, is there a framework in which the inventors of such compounds can obtain patent protection for such compounds, even though green tea is something that occurs in nature and has been known for thousands of years?
0: Okay. So if you have... An ingredient that's existed in nature for a long time and and its use has been identified in some way, shape, or form, what do you have to do to get patent protection for that kind of thing?
1: Well, there are several avenues you can take. Uh, One is that you can, in terms of the actual compound itself, the farther the ingredient is from its natural state, the more likely it is to be patentable. So I would say that the more you quote unquote mess with or fuss with the compound, ideally if you can modify it in a way that leads to a change in its structure or properties so that it is different from the way it occurs in nature, that's always a good thing to do because then you've actually put your inventive effort into it and you've created something new and that would take it out of the realm of a natural ingredient.
0: You're not really patenting the natural ingredient per se, you're really patenting the way you're gonna use it.
1: Correct, or you're patenting a modified form of the ingredient. Another way you can do it is to mix it with other ingredients and then try to patent the overall composition. So, uh, going back to our green tea example, if green tea is naturally occurring, but you extract it and then you combine it with some unusual ingredients that no one else has ever combined it with, you could potentially obtain patent protection for that overall composition that includes green tea but also includes other ingredients.
0: Okay. Any other sort of tweaks for ways you could approach getting a patent for a natural ingredient?
1: Yes. Uh, Another thing you could do is you could modify the naturally occurring compound in a way that alters its natural form, in that you could make it highly concentrated or extremely potent, and then you could show that that highly concentrated or potent form doesn't occur in nature and therefore is entitled to patent protection. You can also If you come up with a new and improved way of making an element of the natural ingredient, let's say that um, with the green tea, you find out there's one particular compound in that green tea that you go to your lab and you are able to figure out how to synthesize that, that compound in great quantities using a method that up until that point wasn't known. That would be a potential patentable aspect of it. Another way would be a new and improved way of isolating, extracting, purifying, or concentrating the natural ingredient, which is kind of related to a new and improved way of making it, which again takes you over to your lab. It takes you out of the forest and into your lab, so to speak. And then um, another one would be a new use of the natural ingredient. If it turns out that this ingredient, it comes in a leaf, people have been chewing the leaves for thousands of years for, let's say, curing toothaches. And then you discover that this compound has some other potential use. Maybe it cures milk pattern baldness or something like that. As an example, those are all potential aspects that you could potentially patent. And I assume you have
0: to show the bona fides of this new use. I mean, you can't just come in with a leaf and say it cures male pattern baldness. You have to prove to somebody that it does.
1: Well, so you you do have to provide the extent you can in the patent office. If you can provide data showing uh, efficacy, that does help although the patent office is less concerned with whether something works than with whether something is new and useful and non obvious so i like to tell my clients that efficacy data is helpful and can push you over the edge when it comes to convincing the patent office that what you've invented is in fact inventive. But the patent office is not the FDA. There's no, it's a different type of standard.
0: They're not licensing the product for use. They're just deciding if you can have a patent. Correct. Okay. All right. Well, let me ask you this. Speaking of your clients, what do you tell somebody who comes to you with a natural ingredient related product that they're interested in patenting?
1: So the first thing I want to know is how natural is the ingredient and how the, how did they obtain it? So it would make a difference to me whether, let's say, they purchased an, an ingredient and then did something to it to formulate a new compound. Or let's say, for example, they are a consumer products company, and they've discovered that a natural ingredient boosts the efficacy of one of their skincare products. I would want to know how they obtained the ingredient and how much data they had regarding what in that actual natural ingredient was responsible for the increased efficacy. To the extent that we can discover that information, that can really potentially help us. When it comes to making our case before the patent office as to what is patentable. Another thing that I say to them is um, the more data we can generate regarding what makes your product amazing over what's known, the better off we are. So some examples would be if we can provide numbers or ranges or some sort of quantifiable data, for example, percent increase in efficacy. And if we can show those types of numbers, we put ourselves in the best possible situation for obtaining patent protection and being successful in convincing the patent office that we've come up with something new. The patent office loves numbers and they love quantities and they love percentages. And so to the extent we can say that if you take our composition and we're able to obtain X percent of superior efficacy, those are really valuable numbers and quantities that we can put in a patent application.
0: How long does it take to get an answer from the patent office on an application like this?
1: Well, typically with a patent application, once it's filed, you have to wait several months until it publishes. And then after that, the process of back and forth with the patent and the United States Patent and Trademark Office is called a patent prosecution. And there can be a lot of back and forth with the patent office and with your attorney and uh, the whole process, typically, I tell my clients, takes anywhere from a couple of years to upwards of three or four or five years.
0: So it's a long road to a patent.
1: It is a long road, yeah. I will get,
0: I will get started on my oxygen patent right away. <laughs> Rachel, tell us a little bit more about your practice, what it is that you do uh, with your clients on a daily basis.
1: Sure. I'm counsel in the intellectual property group at Tartar, Krinsky, and Drogon, and I focus on intellectual property strategy in conjunction with business considerations for my clients. I advise on patents, trademarks, trade secrets, and a variety of intellectual property issues. A large part of my practice is patent prosecution and counseling, so I counsel our clients on all of their IP needs. I am a registered patent attorney, so I work a lot with inventors, which is a really, really great fun part of my practice, seeing all of the new technology. And I work with the inventors and the clients and I uh, draft and file patent applications with the United States Patent and Trademark Office. And I do the back and forth, the patent prosecution. I also counsel clients and provide opinions, due diligence, and IP strategy in connection with all of the clients' business needs.
0: Great. Well, that sounds like a really interesting practice. And I'm very happy to learn about this issue of patenting natural ingredients. We end our sessions with a closing argument. What would you tell the listeners as a
1: takeaway? on this topic. I guess my takeaway would be that if you are looking to try to protect any aspect of a natural ingredient with a patent, the more that you take the ingredient away from mother nature and towards your lab, in other words, the more you mess with or fuss with the ingredient, the more likely you'll be able to obtain patent protection for it. All right,
0: great. Well, everybody, thank you for listening. Rachel, thank you for being with us. Breathe easy. The oxygen is still free for now. (laughs) We'll see you next time. Thank you again for listening to Law Brief. Now here's something lawyerly, a disclaimer. We are not your lawyers. We do not have an attorney-client relationship and this podcast does not constitute legal advice. If you need legal advice, you should contact and engage counsel of your own choosing who can best address your own situation and particular needs. You can find more information about our law firm, me, and many of our guests at our website, www.tarterkrinsky.com. We are a mid-size, full-service firm located in New York City and New Jersey. If you want to contact us for any reason, be it comments, topic ideas, or anything else, you can email us at podcast at tartarkrinsky.com. You can also follow this podcast on iTunes, among other places, and we would very much appreciate it if you rate or review us. I'm Rich Schoenstein, and this was Law Brief.